Welcome to Grit, Guts, and Determination, the Leadville Race Series podcast. I'm your host, Cole Clover, son of race founder, Ken Clover. And I'm going to take you on a journey of rich storytelling through our now 40-year rich history. And I invite you to sit back and listen to these eccentric stories. But don't forget to take a few notes along the way because these eccentric stories are going to have tricks and tips to get you to that line come summer. So sit back, enjoy, and then we'll see you at home. We'll see you in Leadville. Leadville family, I've got inspiration in the form of a rocket ship today, and his name is Adrian McDonald. He's won the Leadville Trail 100 not once but twice, and he's done it in times that are almost acceptable in the Leadville Trail 100 mountain bike race. In 2021, it was a blistering time of 1618. In 2022, He returned not only to defend that title, but shave another 13 minutes off for a personal best of 16.05. But not only that, this young man has already given back more than many of us will ever do in our own running community. So please sit back and enjoy, but don't sit too far back because this one won't let you get comfortable. We have a saying in Leadville, you don't find Leadville, Leadville finds you. Well, Adrian, when did Leadville find you? Um, I guess I would say that Leadville found me when I took the lead in the 2021 race, um, right before getting into Winfield. I think that was sort of the the life-changing moment for me. Well, we are going to have to come back to that for sure. Um, we have a terrific amount of runway between here and there. Um, for those of you, you that may have missed, Adrian said when he took the lead in 2023 so or 2021. So here you are. At age 33, I'm guessing your past involves a lot of running. Can you tell us when and where this passion began for you? So it really began my sophomore year in high school. Um, I was a soccer player, and I grew up outside of Boston, and there soccer is in the fall. And then we have indoor track, and the soccer coach was the indoor track coach. And so all the soccer players would go out for indoor track. Um, And I sort of just fell in love with the sort of self-improvement, especially when you first start, you get faster and faster with every single race. And it's it's sort of addicting. Well, it's very addicting. So then, I mean, did it take long for you – how long did it take for you then to progress into other distances as well? What were you doing in like the end of, end of high school and into college? What distances were you running? So that very first indoor track season, I was mostly doing it was like the 50 meter dash and the 300 meter dash. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then towards the end of the indoor season, 
this was a different, not the soccer coach. This was a another assistant coach who was ended up being sort of my first real running coach. Um, he's like, I think you'd be better at the longer distances. So he signed me up for the thousand meter, um, another weird distance. Uh-huh. And there's actually a funny story. Um, the thousand was like maybe 20 minutes after the 300. So I ran the <laughs> 300 and then I was like, all right, I'm running this really long race now, a thousand meters. I better drink a bunch of water. Um, and, and I drank a bunch of water right before the race and ended up puking my brains out right afterwards. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And it seems silly thinking about a thousand meters being long now, but back then it was. <laughs> well, with the speed, you know, it always felt like your life was going to end every time you did those races. Yeah. <laughs> Well, okay, so then, you know, then, so in, what, what did you do in college? Did you have it figured out by then that you were better at longer stuff, even longer than a thousand? So in college, I went to a D3 college, Gettysburg College in Pennsylvania. And there, that's where I started running cross country, but I didn't really enjoy it until my senior year um i was really focused on sort of the 800 and the 1500 in track still through college and then the summer before my senior year i bumped up my mileage and responded well and um i really enjoyed that last cross-country season Okay, now at that time, were you, uh, but you were still enjoying the road maybe more or feeling faster there? Yeah, the track was my, was what I was most uh, passionate about. Well, so after college, what were your aspirations with running at that time? So my last year in college, I ended up running a 412 mile. and so I wanted to break 4.10 in the mile. That was sort of my first goal um, after college. And I just had all these injuries. Um, and I was running 1,500s in my mile time for a few years. And it got really frustrating. And so then I decided to sort of try something new. And that's, I think it was... Four years after I graduated, I ran my first uh, road marathon. Well, and how did that go? What was your what marathon did you do, and what was your time? It was the it was actually in Gettysburg. It was the Gettysburg North South Marathon, um, sort of Civil War themed, and it went really well. I won the race and ran two thirty. And I ran the first half in an hour 17, and I was three minutes behind the leader. And then I ended up passing the leader into first place with less than a mile to go. So sort of like (laughs) my first Leadville is sort of like a perfect first attempt. Well, yeah, that's absolutely incredible. So... I mean, then what was next? Were you like thinking, hey, this marathon gig's kind of for me? Or 
Um, what what did it spark any new ideas there? Yeah, so I I definitely thought that it would be easy to break two thirty in my next marathon, but it ended up taking four years to break two thirty. Um, and I just got bad luck with weather, and I was running like the Boston Marathon, which isn't an easy course. Um, so then I, after a few years of bad weather on tough courses, I decided to um, chase some fast time. So I finally broke 2.30 at the Houston Marathon in 2019, ran 2.28, and then I ran 2.25 later that year at Grandma's Marathon. Uh huh. Yeah, that's not that's still even though it's downhill, it's relentless looking at that bridge the whole way. <laughs> yeah. Have you done it? Uh, no, I have a lot. I've supported a lot of friends that have done it. Okay. <laughs> no, and then same with Superior. I've not done that either. I've supported <laughs> friends. <laughs> well, so like, where are you living at the time, and when? When did you transform and become a Colorado resident? So when I ran that first marathon, I was training and living in Boston. Um, that was 2014. And then the summer of 2016, I moved to Fort Collins, Colorado. And I've been, I ran a few, like a few more cycles of road marathoning, um, including those, my PR and at grandma's was, I was here training in Fort Collins. Okay. Okay. Now if we start now, so in, and in 2019, you're definitely running fast and then here it is. 2020 and COVID has you sidelined. I believe you were really had your sights set on Boston at that time. Um, you know what? So what? What then did you decide to do when you couldn't do Boston in 2020? Yeah, it was. Um, it was like maybe a month out from the Boston Marathon when it was canceled due to COVID. And so I was pretty fit and I wanted to use that fitness for something. Um, and with all the races canceled, I decided to go after the FKT at this um, sort of climb just outside of Fort Collins at Horse Tooth Mountain Park. Uh-huh. It's not really a trail. It's sort of a service road that runs through the park. Yeah. Um, and it's 3.4 miles and gains <laughs> 1,700 feet. <laughs> um, so at the time, it was not something that was really in my wheelhouse. Um, and so I went for it, and I missed it by one second. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, all right, I'll taper and come back in a couple of weeks and I'll crush it. And just a couple of days after I missed it by one second, uh, Justin Grunewald came into town and knocked a whole minute off of it. Oh man. Yeah. 
And then, um, so I tried to go after his time and I ended up breaking the old record, but I didn't, I didn't get his new (laughs) FKT, but, um, yeah, in that whole process, I started doing a lot of trail running and falling in love with it. Um, and I also found out that my body could really handle all the elevation gain and loss. Um, I was doing like 10,000 feet a week. Um, so that, that sort of sparked the, that was sort of the final spark that said, Hey, maybe now's the time to jump into ultra marathons and go after Leadville. Well, no. So you must have had also had some other influence. I mean, was anybody else up there pushing you as a mentor or a coach in this direction? Um, what what were your influences up there beyond just yourself? Um, yeah. So definitely, when I like, living in a place like Boston, you don't really think much about doing trail running or hundred mile races. <laughs> Probably um, not. <laughs> but then you, once I moved here, there are all these like people that were part of the running community that did these ultra marathons. And, um, my friend and mentor, Nick Clark, uh, was one of them. And he, he was, he had top, five finishes at Western States, two top three finishes at Leadville. Um, So he was the one that summer of 2020, we were out on a run and I said, Hey Nick, I think I want to do Leadville next summer. And he goes, why would you want to do that? (laughs) Um, Yeah. And he's someone that I think he's probably done a dozen hundred milers. Um, And I told him, I think I might be good at it. <laughs> what how do you respond to that one? Um Well, yeah, after that like initial questioning, he was pretty supportive uh and he ended up volunteering to crew and pace me uh when I when I did do it in 2021. Well, yeah, okay. So let's uh what an outstanding story, outstanding support. So now here it is, 2021. You're at 6th and Harrison in Leadville, Colorado. But you're you're not only met with the Midwest, Matt, you're also met with two other Leadville supergiants and Anton Krupika and Ian Sherman. So uh, both of those gentlemen have towed the line in record pace at Leadville. What's going through your head at that moment on that starting line that day? Let's see. Um, so going into, even though all those, like Anton and Matt and Ian were in the race, I was most sort of aware of um, Cody Reed and Tyler Andrews, who I think had both talked about going after the course record that day and they sort of took off at the start um and they were setting setting the pace for most of the first half um i passed cody going up hope pass for the first time and then i passed 
Tyler to take the lead after the first Hope Pass descent. Um, and then it was like turned around in Winfield and started heading back. And that's when I saw Ian and Anton and I'm like, Oh wow. Those are, <laughs> those are, those guys know what they're doing. They look good. They're the ones that are, that are coming for me. Uh, and I was like a little starstruck, especially by <laughs> Anton. Cause he's like got such like a presence about him. Oh yeah. Uh, and there he was. And I hadn't seen him at the start. Well, yeah, I think he pulled up at the very last minute. So, but yeah, I mean, it just must have been a little bit shocking, especially to see Anton's return in, after, after such an absence in such great shape. Yeah. Um, yeah, going into it, I had talked with Nick and Anton, I don't think he had finished a race in five or six years. So we didn't really think that he'd be someone that would uh, be in contention. And yeah, there he was at 50 (laughs) miles looking really good. (laughs) Well, so, okay, there you are. You find yourself at 50 miles. Uh, The the field is completely opposite what you thought it would be. Take us through that back 50 for you. Like that's, you know, it's a little different for you fast guys because you're still getting done basically in the daylight. But what's that back 50 like for you, especially now, you know, where maybe you weren't as set on taking the win per se and you weren't expecting the field to play out quite the same? What did that look like for the next 50? So, yeah, when I was – after I saw Anton and Ian – I was a little worried about them, but then I thought, like, I'm feeling really good. Um, I think I got this. Um, And this sort of came back to bite me this year, but I've sort of, like, blocked out all the the bad parts of that uh, second half of the 2021 race. And it just – I just remember it being sort of easy and – I remember thinking about that I was going to, at Twin Lakes, I was going to ask Nick when 100 milers get hard. Um, I decided against doing that just to save myself a little, but um, yeah, I just, I got, I try not to get too excited in the first half of the race, but going through Twin Lakes, um, that was so special with everyone cheering and I was in first and I tried to like sort of get people excited and soak it in. Um, and then my lead kept getting bigger and bigger. So by the time I got to back to May queen, I think I was up 35 minutes or something. Um, and I knew that no one based off of how I was feeling, no one could, close three minutes a mile on me in the last yeah. 13 miles. So I, I mean, I wanted to be done cause it's just a lot of running, but I also wanted to just sort of enjoy the run with Nick who paced me that last leg and sort of soak in that whole experience of winning. Uh-huh. 
Well, okay, so now let's talk about 2022. Um, you returned. Now you have a film crew in tow. Um, you've got super lofty goals. Um, they they actually have me come address those on your video. Uh, tell us about what it was like to return for 2022. Um, what were your goals? What kind of pressure was on your shoulders with that? Yeah, so I had, before the race in 2022, the summer, a lot of people were asking me if I felt extra pressure from like my sponsors on and Ultimate Direction and like having a film crew and being the returning champ and all these things. And I tried to, I would tell people, no, like I put enough pressure on myself. Um, but I think I was just trying to convince myself of that and that like all these things were like creating this pressure. Um, and like there's people's expectations that I was going to go after the course record and, and things like that. Um, and so my goal going in, like first I wanted to win and win again and I didn't care how fast I would run if I won again. I'd make like for a successful race and a successful summer. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then my goal was to run the first half in 740 and then sort of decide then if I was like feeling good enough to push it on the back half or, or not. Um, yeah, I actually hit exactly 740 at halfway, but I was not really feeling good enough to really push for the course record. Right. Well, and I mean, I have to tell you, I watched you all day, but, and I, I was on that front side of Hope, and you were the only one I saw running where I was at. <clears throat> um, I know an, one other gentleman that's done that in 1994 by the name of Matt Carpenter, <laughs> or 42. Um, now, did you run that whole way to 50 on the way out and was it close on the way back um yeah that was something i had i had read matt's um race report from his course record and he says that the only time he walked was crossing the rivers and the streams mm -hmm. and so i had when i was out at running camp the leadville run camp in june I ran from Winfield to, or sorry, from Twin Lakes to Winfield and back and ran the whole way. And so I knew it was doable, but um, not in the race. <laughs> so <laughs> probably on the way out going up, Hope, I, it was probably like 50-50 okay. running and walking. Um, and then on the on the backside coming back in it was probably mostly hiking until i got to the very top where it once you get those switchbacks it um like sort of evens out a little bit and i can run and like i get excited when i get close to the top 
<laughs> okay, so now here you are. You're you hit your mark 7:30 out. You don't think you're gonna necessarily hit that back. We haven't talked much about the field. How does the rest of that 2022 race play out? Yeah, so at the start, people were definitely other the other competitors at the front of the race were like expecting me to take the race out hard. I think because um, they were asking me like, "Hey, Adrian, what are you doing?" Why aren't you up there like going after the course record? Um, so that like was going on a little bit in the first 10 miles and then I took off and no one went with me. Um, so yeah, at halfway, I had, I think 15 minutes. Um, and unfortunately Matt had, a, was having stomach issues, I think. And Ian was sick. So they ended up, Ian dropped out at Outward Bound, I think, and Matt dropped out at Winfield. Um, and so Tyler Andrews was was in second, and he was, like I said, 15 minutes behind me, um, and he looked good. There's something about that, seeing people on the turnaround that uh, lights a fire under me and makes everyone else look good. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's a, a scary thing, but I tend to usually get barn sour enough that it helps me. So, well, so uh, what was really different in your running of that 2022 and 2021 race? I mean, aside from the pressure, I mean, there's one similarity right there. You're at the turnaround and it seems like it's a similar time difference, but Another difference seems like you feel a little worse off for wear. Um, what did the rest of that day feel like differently from 2021? Yeah, so I, like I mentioned earlier, I had sort of, I must have blocked out the how hard it is to go up Hope Pass the second time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was going up and I was sort of like feeling down and, um, but everyone that was, everyone else in the race that I was passing was like, Adrian, you're crushing it. Um, and I didn't believe them at first, but by the time I got to the top, I think I started to believe them. Um, and yeah, after, after getting to hope pass the second time, I'd sort of forgotten all my doubts about how I was feeling at the turnaround. Um, so that's sort of one of the really cool things about Leadville is that you get all that support from the other competitors because it's an out and back. Right. And like this year, um, people knew who I was. So, um, (laughs) they were cheering for me by name, which was also really special. Yeah. Yeah. That, that'll perk you up a little differently. Won't it? (laughs) Yeah. Well, so now let's also, before I forget, I'd love to give a shout out to, you know, some of the, some of the people that are getting you down that trail. Um, first off, where can we find this video I'm talking about today that features you and your run at Leadville and then who's sponsoring you and where can we find their products? 
So the film, it's actually called Out and Back, will be released on my sponsor On's YouTube account, hopefully sometime in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Um, and so yeah, On and my other sponsor, Ultimate Direction, sort of produced this film, or they funded it, uh, Rabbit Wolf Creative is the the company that produced it. Um, yeah, and it sort of gives a little bit of history about the race um, and then sort of talks about my story and how the race went this year. Um, and I think it came out really good. And we had that nice event up in Fort Collins where we sort of packed the theater and overwhelmed the staff. Um, <laughs> For sure you did. Yeah. Uh, Yep. So yeah, um, yeah. My two sponsors are on the their Swiss uh, footwear and apparel company that's really going all in on elite running uh, and trail running and on on the roads and on the track. It's really exciting to be a part of part of that brand's growth. Um, and then Ultimate Direction, who's sort of been in the, the trail running world for a while now um mm -hmm. provides me with like race fests and water bottles and that type of thing well great so uh then also you know your passions also bleed out into your uh after running life so uh why don't you tell us what you're doing for a day job and how you're giving back to the running community today uh, so I do coach high school cross-country at Mountain View High School, which is in Loveland, Colorado. Um, so that's, I really enjoy that. It's a nice way to, sometimes when you're training and you're so focused like I am, it sort of becomes pretty like a selfish endeavor. So it's mm -hmm. good to sort of... Um, spend some time helping other people like develop their passion for the sport. Um, and I tell them that, like, yeah, I want them to run fast and they'll have more fun if they run fast. But my goal with coaching them is to just sort of create lifelong runners. Um, so that's sort of one of my gigs. And then I work at Colorado state university as a, um, financial officer in the department of statistics okay and now you also gave back a little bit to your leadville running family we had you on on camp panel this summer so i want to get into some advice questions but do you remember when you were on panel and i asked what your most important piece of gear was uh yep chopstick well and boy did mary lee and i get a chuckle but uh for everybody listening, boy, when he came across that line in 2022, Mary Lee and I stopped Adrian and asked him what how, uh, how it went and if he had his most important piece of gear, and out came that chapstick. Um, probably a little more relevant to the rest of our audience, though. You know, What advice do you have for your Leadville family that will get them to that line come this summer, those that are going to be a little more my pace and a little less yours. 
So my advice is, um, I don't know what I discovered training for my first Leadville. I had never really done much mountain running before that. And that was like the best summer of my life was like going into the mountains every weekend and I made new friends and I went to all these new cool places in Colorado and Wyoming. Um, so really just to, my advice is to sort of put yourself out there and enjoy the whole process of training for Leadville and try and meet new people and go to new exciting places. And that will you know, sort of like build the fire in you. And um, if you're loving what you're doing, you're going to want to train harder for it and um, sort of share it with more people. And um, if you're having fun, you're probably going to do better on race day. For sure. That's great advice. How has Leadville and the Leadville Trail 100 shaped your life beyond race day? Um, sort of like what I just said, like it's opened up all these opportunities to meet new and interesting people within the sport that I wouldn't have had the opportunity to, to meet if I hadn't uh, had the success I had at Leadville, which sort of like some of that made me someone that people wanted to talk to or going to run with. But I think it also gave me the confidence to sort of go out and um, be more outgoing and try to meet new people. Okay. Well, so now you've definitely tasted this success not once but twice and you're tasting at other places too um what's on your 2023 calendar i gotta give a spoiler alert because i know it's not a three-peat at leadville this year but for those of our listeners where are they going to find you this upcoming year so i'm actually racing in australia on december 16th i don't know when this is going to come out um but if that goes well and I finish top three there, it's called Ultra Trail Kosciuszko. Uh -huh. I'm racing 100 miles. If that goes well and I finish top three, I will probably race UTMB next summer in August. Okay. Yeah, this will ironically probably come out just about that exact same time. <laughs> so, All right. <laughs> so if you're listening, check those results. Um now, uh, for sure, it's been a lot of fun getting to catch up with you. Uh, is there anything that you want to share before I let you go today? Um, yeah, I guess the, the one thing is, like, I think the whole, and I really sort of jumped, or, sort of discovered it this summer when I, I spent more time in Leadville, but um, like all these like talking points that you guys have about family and guts and grits and determination. Um, they're like, they're true. Um, 
and like it is Leadville's like it does find you and it does change your life and uh it is a family um and yeah it's really special and um it's always I'm, I might not race it this summer but I'll definitely be back and it'll always be a a special race for me well boy thank you very much for the kind words and you know, we obviously definitely feel the same about you. It's been very fun getting to know you. And yeah, we're going to take you up on that. Come up to that thin air and don't let us be strangers. <laughs> yep. Okay, well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Well, there you have it, Leadville family. I hope you enjoyed that one as much as I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm a big fan of Adrian's. I think he's a young man with an incredibly bright future. And if your paths cross with his, boy, are you lucky. And so uh, go dig up everything you can on him. Find that out and back video on YouTube. Please don't forget to go give us a like and subscribe wherever you're getting your podcasts. And as always, we can't wait to see you at home. We can't wait to see you in Leadville.